All Things in the Name of Love, with your host, Dr. Erica Riesberg. Music performed and written by Megan Moreau. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Let it flow. Episode 57, Opening Up to Flow with Melissa Guarin. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Melissa Guarin. I met last fall with the opportunity to bless waters in a Toltec tradition. And her bio is that she's an architect with a love of art, a wisdom keeper of both old and new technologies, and one who is seeking deeper truths. And she and I just clicked. And I wanted to talk to her because she is exploring a deeper level of herself that is inspiring to me. And it all started with a curiosity. And I want you to start with me there. Like what sparked you into that that space of there's got to be so I'm I'm feeling something more and that that exploration yeah I I would say it was kind of this spark of I really wanted to learn how to play a didgeridoo and it was this idea of playing the didgeridoo I didn't know how I was going to do it or where I was going to start but I just had this idea of wanting to play And what I found was as I was going through and like researching, like, oh, what did this abide? And I started on this little journey in regards to like, okay, well, understanding that to buy a, an authentic didgeridoo is, is very expensive. And then my builder kind of tinker inside of me said, well, I surely can build by myself. So I started on the journey of looking up what is it to make a didgeridoo online on the YouTube. And then it started this whole passion of like, well, I can do this. So then I started doing research, found that really uh, you can make one out of bamboo. So I found a store in Portland that sells bamboo and went and started to understand, oh, there's different uh, lengths and sizes that you could use for a didgeridoo. So I had purchased a 10 foot long <laughs> bamboo stick and asked them to cut it up into three pieces so I could fit it in my vehicle. And really it was the, the point where I was like, okay, yeah, now I have this project so I can make a didgeridoo. So then I started doing research again and found that uh, you can actually clean and hollow out the inside of the didgeridoo. So I realized I have to chip it out. And so then I went to Home Depot, bought Dremel tool, started to really learn how to use a Dremel tool and then how to knock out uh, bought a pipe, made a sharp end to it, and then knocked the insides out of it. And then realized, well, I really would like to somehow give color or texture to it. And I had 
talked with a friend of mine and he's like, you should really like, because I wanted to do something natural. And I was, he's like, you should really burn it. So I was like, okay. So I went back to the Home Depot and bought a, a plumbing blowing arch. And so I went and I tested and started toasting and roasting the bamboo to the different various colors on these two pieces. And ended up that I had three of them. And I decided that the one that I had multicolored, kind of a tan, and then the ones that had a really dark color, that is the one that I was going to actually create as my didgeridoo. And then I realized I should, I really should understand what a didgeridoo is about. So I was reading in regards to the actual person that plays it is actually telling a story. So they're storytelling a story as they play, but also that on the outsides of the didgeridoos, there's a story that is told on the outside. And so I was like, wow, what is my story? What what do I want to put on the outside of my didgeridoo? And so I started looking in and they do a lot of dot work with artwork on it. So that was really, uh, really interesting to me. a lot of symbols and different meanings behind it. And uh, I found that it was really funny because then I was like, well, I'll just intuitively whatever, figure out what comes. And all of a sudden I started doing artwork of water. And so then I creating these different layers of water and waves. And I finished that section and then I was like, okay. And then I was like, what should I do next? And again, just sat in it and my art spirit just kind of took and I was like, I should do the sun. So now I started working on the dot work to do the sun. And as I was doing the sun, finishing that up with the different colors and layers of yellow and orange and red, I realized, okay, now I have another section that I want to like another kind of coloring or another story. So I was like, okay, what would that be? And so I went and I figured out that the next one was, I really want to do a picture of where I would like to actually travel to like in the world. Mm. And so when I looked up, I had, this idea of the rainbow mountain ranges in the world. So there's one in Peru. Mm. Um, this geology is also found in British Columbia. And uh, the other kind of big marker of the rainbow mountain is China. So mm. on that section, then I put on that as another part to actually visit. Oh, that's beautiful. So, uh, yeah. So as I was going through, I was like, oh, my dog you know, was at my feet during this whole time as I'm doing artwork and things like that. And I was like, oh, that was really, you know, my loyal pet dog friend, furry, furry guy has been with me all the way. So I was like, I should really figure out what I can do to add him to didgeridoo. And so I was like, I really want to do a, a view of the moon rising over the water with sparkly gems. And then in the constellations, I was going to put my dog, Kino, with a dog star, and then myself as Cancer. So I had kind of put together the idea of the white pumpkin moon rising over, dancing uh, with the dancing white gems over the glistening water with my dog, Kino, 
uh, the Star Dog feed. And I didn't even really know, like, for instance, like in the, you know, the cosmos and the stars of where the actual dog star is in relationship to my constellation. And sure enough, I go look it up and the dog star is supposed to be the cancer in the constellation. <laughs> so, so I found like this fun play of understanding of my art and how I'm working and just kind of really just being in the flow and just kind of going where the next thing that came to me as I was going through this. But then I realized now that I've worked on this didgeridoo, one should probably understand how to play one. <laughs> so I figured the best way would to, to really figure it out is to go to somewhere that someone, a lot of people have done this before, years, you know. And, you know, I was like, I should look and see if they have a didgeridoo camp. <laughs> and sure enough, I look it up and in Sayo, Oregon, there is, for the last 25 years, there's been an annual didgeridoo camp from, and it's international, people from all around the world come. And so that year I went and that's why I went to the didgeridoo camp. And when I was at camp, I was like, well, this is a great place that I'll learn, right? Play a didgeridoo. And that was the first time I actually, when I went to camp, it was the first time I actually played a didgeridoo or tried to play one on and so they had classes and everything all set and uh, things that you could participate in and then at night there's always a concert and a place that people dance and really enjoy being all together and uh, so what I found that I was talking with one of the the uh, Jeff one of the guys that was there he's like oh I was asking him what are all these pieces of this wood and he's like oh that's uh, yucca wood it's like a cactus and you can make actually a didgeridoo out of it. So I was like, okay, well, I will authentically like make one out of one of the two pieces, right? So I worked on the pile of wood and I found that there was this one that called wow. me. And so it's about seven feet long and mm -hmm. I had worked on it and he was teaching me how we basically took a machete on the outside and then sliced it in the middle and then carved it out with a spoon. And so I sat for two days carving the inside out of the didgeridoo. And uh, I met so many wonderful people because everyone's like, oh, I want to make a didgeridoo too. And so I talked to so many beautiful people, learned so much about didgeridoos, but I really didn't, wasn't even explained at all. But, but I learned like the, the, you know, so many different things that people share about learning an instrument or anything that you play and just really enjoying and feeling the flow of that. So so as I went through and did that, I realized that working on my didgeridoo, I had made one that was not actually the proper length or the proper size or anything like that. But I realized in the end that I worked on a beautiful artwork mm -hmm. that I have. And then I redid that whole process but I only did it like in a weekend over a holiday and I created another didgeridoo that is of the true length <laughs> of the true length of one would actually play with a bamboo and I did uh, dot work also on it so I have oh. done dot work of the element so I have the element of the earth uh, the element of fire the element of water element of air 
and then the elements appear at one close So what I found of like out of this whole thing and seeking and interesting ways of going about was really finding myself of just understanding what it meant to follow your intuition in an idea. Mm-hmm. And that was really, I think, the opening to a lot more that started just coming to me because just realizing the fun of just understanding what you're in the moment of mm-hmm. and working on it, doing the artwork, going through the process. And it wasn't necessarily ever about the outcome because now I have three digits reduced versus one that are of various things from my original thinking from just one bamboo. So so my beginning seed of just wanting to play was really one of those things that ended up to be much more than just wanting to play something. It took me on this journey of really understanding myself more and really just going through and feeling what it is just to feel through and answer what is actually calling to you inside. Mm-hmm. And that had allowed me to be much more perceptive to a lot more things started coming in as far as my journey. So that was that was the beginning of, of the the journey. That's a beautiful story because not you know so many people may have an interest, but you you didn't just you didn't have that ending. You were like okay, this is the next step. This is the next step. And through it, you opened yourself up to so much more. And that is such a profound piece of wisdom that you're imparting because so many people are hesitant to start that first step. I mean, I I expect that you're probably not an expert at playing the dirigidu, I'm guessing. Uh, You're correct. I'm an expert at having fun. So that's well, yeah, I would call the master. Well, it does though, because you're not that wasn't the point, right? The point was to the exploration, and so I think it, it, from what little I know of you, it's lent it's lent the you the opportunity to be more open to exploring different things, such as when I met you last fall, you were doing a blessing of water with your instrument and with prayers and it was really profound and beautiful and it was a it was a a gift that I had never been exposed to and and so my perception and you can correct me if I'm wrong is because you started down this pathway of creating this instrument it's led you to opening to a deeper sense of yourself and a deeper sense of your spiritual journey. Yes, I would, I would totally agree with that. Um, I think it has allowed me to really, again, like I mentioned before, to really open myself up to the openness and follow what, what kind of is the driver inside myself versus any outside influence or anything like that. And really, Honing in and finding that that flow is really the thing that leads you to another thing that leads to another thing that leads you to something else that you may have never ever been able to perceive or receive unless you had that ability to just be open. Mm-hmm. And so, how did you start on your path of learning Toltec traditions? 
Mm. Well, that's another one too. I know. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, I have a great friend, Amy, Orland, who is the energy healer, and she is of the ancient Mexica. And also, that was really kind of me actually finding her was also in the same kind of realm. I had this one day the idea of. I really wanted to know what energy, what an energy healer is or what energy healing is and started looking it up and really found who came to me of finding that kind of who was in Portland and it was Amy and I had gone and that really opened up new opportunities to know so much more than what I was used to. And it, it was more about understanding myself in a different, literally a different dimension or realm. And it was a lot of times I went to her and she'd be saying words and I'm like, great mystery. What is the great mystery? And I'd go and look it up like anything. And I think my curiosity and openness to understanding more. And I knew of the shifts and the things that were happening in my life were actually helping me really start evolving and knowing more. And that's really kind of that. Again, I think that was part of why I was able to have this other idea of playing a didgeridoo and literally just be open to that journey and wherever it takes, right? And so when I was talking with her, I had told her about my trip down to Mount Shasta. And I love doing outdoors, hiking. And I realized that I went down, I had this really strong feeling of wanting to go down to Mount Shasta in November, which is really kind of off season, a lot more cooler than other times of the year. But I really wanted to go down for that weekend. I wanted to go soak in the mineral springs that were down there and experience Mount Shasta. And I've heard so many beautiful things. I do mountaineering, but it wasn't to do any mountaineering or summit, really just to be in the presence of nature and enjoy the weekend there. And so I journeyed down with my dog, Tino, and enjoyed the hot springs and enjoyed the weekend there. And I shared that experience with my friend Amy, and she mentioned, oh, I will share. There's some shamans that go down to Mount Shasta, and they have ceremony or they do other journeys down there. And I was like, fantastic. I would totally love to know more about that. And so when she sent me the information, the information was a link to a website. And the website was to Sergio Magana's website for healing. And I was like, hmm, well, I thought it was for the shamans that were from Mount Shasta. But then I was like, no, let's just see what that means. So I opened it up and there is Mystic Healer of Sergio Magana from Mexico City that was going to be teaching his first time in the United States, the Toltec wisdom and knowledge of healing and his master school was going to be in Berkeley, California. And so I literally just signed up. Wow. <laughs> and, and so that, that was a profound experience last year doing that, that a full year with him and learning the, an oral tradition. Uh, it's definitely a different way of learning than our, what we've been all taught and trained to do. And it's really learning by one speaking 
and you are present and you listen and you write down as fast as you can and also voice record too, but, and then really watch the practices and understand what those are. And so it was this journey of now opening to another layer of knowledge that I would never have ever opened to or known by just, again, not going forward of what my original idea or thought was and being like, okay, can do that. But realizing and thinking into, well, she didn't, I don't know if this was a mistake or not or what, but, and then it clicks on into really following and taking this class and really stepping into knowing more of the full text, civilization and knowledge that they have for. Which is amazing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it is a. It's a very interesting culture that has things that people would never think that in as an ancient civilization would have been able to know and dial into the cosmos and understand Mm -hmm. the cycle and the number of rotations, what planets are actually rotating around us before. I mean, that those are just uh, the Toltec is a uh, civilization is before the Aztec. So okay. one civilization before that in Mexico. So it's really this, there's so many layers to the knowledge, which is so one of the things that's very intriguing to me is that everything has meaning. Mm-hmm. And there's so many analogies that are very, not analogies, a lot of ideas and what ceremonies are different things that they understand as knowledge. A lot of cultures as far as the Egyptians and you can think of the different things they think of as, as very similar. So the, it can, it's becoming clearer and clearer to me that there's kind of this universal truth mm-hmm. that was happening and that each of these cultures were able to experience that truth in the way that they do. You'll see it like in yoga, you know, we see it in different practices of like the Peruvian shaman. And a lot of it is, you know, aligning to a lot of that greater wisdom that was there, that truth. That's really beautiful because it's, it's this, you know, I've, I've had, the, the, the thing that trips me up regularly is I am innately curious, which is great, except I want to explore everything at the same time, <laughs> which, which can be awesome. And it can get overwhelming really quick. So like, for example, I have Ganesh sitting in front of me on my desk because I just love Ganesh. Don't love the story of Ganesh, but I love what he does. And I pray to Yeshua and source energy. And I love the teachings of King Solomon. And ultimately they're boiling down to these universal lessons of how I can be the highest expression of who I am. And it makes me giddy to realize that whatever path you choose is going to bring you to a higher state of being. And the quest is to find which one resonates the most with your soul. Yeah. And I guess from my 
experiences is that we're actually at a time where we are collectively able to participate in everything. You can align yourself to just one. Mm-hmm. What really resonates for you and what's kind of your foundation. But I still do. I do Kundalini yoga. I do other practices along with the practices that I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm still learning knowledge of the Toltec. Yeah. This year, we're going to also have a dream school at Berkeley. So I'm going oh, to be wow. So the next level of knowledge about understanding that. But it's like anything, there is so much more to it than just that. Yeah. So, but I think now, the time that we're at, we're finding a lot of wisdom and a lot of there's actually ancient prophecy. So the time is changing during the time within folks happening in this. So yeah, it's very exciting. I, it doesn't necessarily feel that way to a lot of people. However, I am feeling like this deep level shift out of what we were into what we're becoming. And there's a lightness to it that I sense and feel. And that's just joyful. Yeah, I would agree. I I believe the the time that we're finding now is really, again, seeking inside of ourselves and really understanding ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the patterns and behaviors that we used to have, we can no longer do because we're all combined, right? Mm-hmm. But I also find that that time is an important time, too, is that we are all learning together. No one has the answer right now, but I, I feel that. As, as everyone moves forward and grows and whatever shape that may be, different habits, different behaviors. I've already know that I've shifted so many things because of the limitations that I do have mm-hmm. of being, doing what I used to do is no longer, you can't do that. Right. So now it's a different, different uh, lens that we walk through life. And I think a lot of it is, is again, being able for us to all be able to grow through the time. And it'll be so beautiful. Yeah. We are all to walk free again. And I think that's also kind of light to what that means too for all of us. What is it to be free? What does mm-hmm. it mean lighter light? Yeah. Yeah. I found that the silly things like the inconveniences, like I can't get all the crackers I want to eat every week. <laughs> Like, but I need my crackers. Like, no, I don't really need that. That's that I know how to make crackers. I don't like making crackers, but I can, you know, it's like, so it's like shifting the convenience to making me more aware of what I actually need versus what I desire. And it's when I started, when this all started, I went into crazy woman supply getting things like food supplies. And I watched myself and I was in that, I can't stop this. This is like, I was told to go into panic mode. So now I'm in panic mode and I'm going to get an irrational number of boxes of whatever that I don't really need 
And now I have a closet full of things that I'll probably get to eventually because I was told everything was going to shut down, which hasn't happened. And so for me, I, I didn't feel fear, but I'm, my partner is an engineer and he's a planner. So he was preparing. I'm like, you don't want to do that to me because I am a Girl Scout. <laughs> I know how to prepare. <laughs> And so now, recognizing <laughs> that I did this behavior, I'm stepping back and saying, okay, what do I actually need versus the plethora of things that I thought I needed because I wasn't going to be able to go to my farmer's market for a month? Step back a little bit and just calm down. And it's one of the shifts I'm seeing is like I'm getting so much more seasonal with my eating. And so I don't need things. We're walking on the, on the rare occasions we're brave enough to put our masks on and go outside and walk to the farmer's market. We're walking to the farmer's market, so we're not driving. And it's fun. It's like, did we really need to drive? No, we didn't. Or do we really need to do this? No, we don't. I'm meditating three times a day because I have the luxury of being able to do so. And so I'm getting more guidance from my higher self, which is enabling me to channel more creativity through me. How is it showing up for you? Well, my next creative idea is to work on uh, children's books for, and I'm working on, because not only be very grateful that I have had the privilege to be able to take the classes with Sergio and understand the technology. I also find it that I'm also responsible as mm. a wisdom keeper of that knowledge because it is an oral tradition. Mm-hmm. And as part of that creativity, uh, really has come to me was to actually create children's books of the knowledge, knowledge that I've been learning. So I love that. The, the knowledge of the different meanings behind the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meanings behind the sun, the phases of the moon, mm. uh, different mathematics and looking at the plasma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it's, and then, you know, looking uh, further on to doing like short story kind of as it evolves, having the, the character, Noel, his uh, journeys of finding and seeking new adventures and finding friends that have. Yes. So yeah, that's so, beautiful. That, that is the the creative wave that of energy that I'm doing right now. That is beautiful. I love that. I am. I'm being called to start writing a cookbook of how I eat, which is plant based and sugar, gluten, dairy, soy, coffee, and alcohol free. Nice. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Thank really you. Yeah, yeah, because I get bored with food. So like everyone's well, like when when I was swimming, <laughs> which was last month, I would be swimming and all of a sudden I get this inspiration for a meal that I've never made before. I'm like, that is so cool because I would have never combined those things. And that's going to be really tasty because I could I could taste like I could mentally taste it. I'm like, oh, that is going to be such a great meal. And so I've got about five of those recipes. and. 
I'm recognizing that gluten, sugar, and dairy-free for baking is kind of daunting. I know this, <laughs> but, I, but I've mastered it because I know, I know the substitutions now. So it's like, how can I, so for me, when I eat this way, I'm more compassionate. I'm more patient with myself. I'm in a higher vibration. And yes, I know firsthand that food is, is like an ego identification level of, of self. And to remove food, since I have so many times, it can be challenging. So stepping out of that with grace and with explicit instructions, like I make my own peanut butter cups now because I can, and it's really easy. I unsugared chocolate and put ground monk fruit in and you get the best chocolate ever. Easy for me because I know how to bake and to help others learn those skills, like you're teaching Toltec traditions, which is amazing because that is wisdom that needs to be learned. I'm teaching what I know, excuse me, because that needs to be learned. And if each of us go within and find out what that deeper, that deeper gift that we have and share it with the world, because the world needs it right now, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I think all those gifts uh, are slowly, ever, you can see more and more people um, shining those gifts a lot more. And you see the passion when you talk about what, what are you creating? And you see people creating things that, wow, I would have never thought about that before. Mm -hmm. And it's that next really thought of moving forward of being creative really thinking of yeah you know walking even walking through the farmer's market is a creative way of experiencing life and I mm -hmm. think that's really the key to everything is that you're experiencing life not letting life pass you right mm -hmm. well and that that's a I, I've read Don Miguel Ruiz and it's uh what is it the domestication of the human which is a beautiful term I love it because I never thought of myself as domesticated. I live in an apartment. Of course, I'm domesticated. <laughs> I'm like a cat. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I'm free. Wait a minute. I have four walls. What the hell? You know, so to like recognize that, that all of these things that I've been taught by society, by family, by education, like, yes, part of it resonates with me and part of it doesn't serve me. So like, pulling apart those layers to find out that essence that I am is a fascinating process. Sometimes really awesome and sometimes it's a little painful, but that's okay because we have to experience all of our emotions. Yeah, we have to experience both, both dualities as everyone calls it, positive and negative. Mm -hmm. Anything to really experience something, really have a really negative or kind of experiences but then once you get past and through that it's beautiful to see on the other side to the deal experiences are you know through this experience my gratitude has grown leaps and bounds and my compassion for others that are really going through a lot tougher times than I am and very compassionate for that 
and really feeling, you know, that we all share the same love for each other, encouragement that we move through this together. And that, again, as we get through the other side, that we all have grown and, and really shine to our brightest of what we can be. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So I'm going to ask you when your books are ready. <laughs> Please send me the links so I can share them with my listeners because, oh my gosh, if nobody else, I want to read your books. Like I'll send them to all my kids, but I want to read your books. <laughs> Will do. I got a list of beta readers. That's pretty funny that they all want to be beta readers. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to share with me? No, other than it's, the journey of meeting people along the way like we met is one of those things that I find uh, more and more joyful to be able to experience I think as we seek and find more things we'll find more and more people that yeah align and find with and to looking forward with together. Thank you so very much for your time and your conversation. I am so honored. Likewise, I appreciate it. Thank you. The action item of the week is to allow your curiosity to flow gently. Don't obsess or get into judgment. Bring in a childlike wonder about the next step. Do this for a week and see what unfolds. It may become a habit. That's it for the week. Until next time, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go.